0: It's my favorite because they're so innocent. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, college, mm-hmm. you get, like, the genuine, like, you feel the intensity in college football to me. Because these, these like, kids, they're playing for each other. They're not playing for a contract. You know what I mean? Like, they're not playing because they're getting paid to play, which is a whole nother topic. But they're playing because they love the sport. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're watching NFL, when you're watching NBA, they're playing, you know, because they they got a contract, you know um coming up, they're playing because you know they're getting millions of dollars. They're playing because of all this, but I feel like college there's an innocent in college that
1: nothing to play like right just now.
0: makes the intensity huge. This makes the intent like just makes the game a lot more intense
2: in this media business, there are times where you're going to meet people in your life that you only may work with them one time and they'll have an impact on you forever. You'll be forever connected. My guest today, that happened with me, the one and only Miss Chanel Stalin. she and I worked together on one assignment at Morgan State University. It was a time where my last semester, I needed to add to my resume. To add to my demo reel. So I joined the spokesman. She, a sophomore at the time, was one of the writers. She mentioned a high school game. They said, Brian, we got an assignment for you. Why don't you go work with Chanel? You two can work on this high school game together. And right there, we was able to do the assignment. And I learned she was a Steelers fan. I'm a Ravens fan, so you know how that conversation went. But we both were Carmelo fans. So after the assignment, of course, we stayed in contact with each other. Now she has gone back home to Connecticut to work at ESPN, where we talk about that on today's show. And of course, she has spearheaded a women in sports group where they can just basically have a support system so we talk about that and of course we had to have a Raven Steelers conversation and we got a little bit of sports debate because you know we got the best quarterback in Baltimore and his name is Lamar Jackson and it's always fun to see a Steelers fan root for a Baltimore player so ladies and gentlemen get ready for this episode as I bring to you the host of the podcast from the sidelines with Chanel Starlin, the one and only Chanel Starlin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, I have on the line today one of my Morgan State sisters, one of my NABJ sisters, and just overall sister in journalism, and I, I guess... She's still a sister of the AFC North, even though she roots for the team that I love to hate. I'll be honest with you. I don't hate them. I love to root against them, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is the one and only Miss Chanel Starler. Chanel, how are you doing today?
0: I am great. How are you? Thank you for having me first and foremost.
2: Good. Thank you for coming on. I definitely appreciate you. I know you've been, you know, real busy uh, just out here, I've seen your content online, um, and then seeing how you've been inspiring other women in journalism. I really love that. I always love when uh, Black women and women in general come together and help each other out. So, you know, I definitely appreciate what you're doing.
0: No problem. Yeah, it's, I mean, we gotta, I say it all the time, like, us as Black women, as Black people, we gotta, you know, we gotta support each other, but it's just something about like when black women come together, you know, magic happens. And, you know, we just have to protect each other and support each other and just make sure we do whatever we have to do to make sure, you know, we are, um, we don't get left behind. And I always say that. So so that's super, super important to me.
2: Yeah. You know, especially, you know, um, recently with all the uh stuff that's going on the speaking out movement which i've been you know very vocal about and one of my friends was like oh you 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 being a hero to the ladies i said no i'm not a superhero by any means (laughs) i wasn't able to stop the unfortunate assault that a lot of these ladies have been going through but best to believe i'm gonna use my voice to speak up uh and if i see something i'm gonna stop it you know what i mean so uh i think it's very important like you said that we all stick together
0: Yeah. And especially I've seen your tweets and I've seen, you know, but you've always been like that. So it's not even like this is happening. And, you know, all of a sudden, like Brian has so much to say, like, no, you've always been an advocate for women an advocate for black women. So thank you for that. Um, so it's just great to see, you know, other men, other black men, you know, speaking up and having our back, it feels good. So, I mean, I'm, it, it sucks that it had to like it's happening because of, you know, people speaking up and things um like bad things happening but i am happy that you know we do have the black men um having our back when it comes to um a situation like that
2: yeah we have to i mean when you look at just society the first person that's going to jump up and defend a black man is a black woman so why Mm -hmm. can't that be reciprocated uh i know that's the way that i was raised my dad always told me you know you protect your sister and if you see somebody doing a woman wrong you step up you speak up so it's not just you know it's just it's how I was raised and then, you know, obviously he treated my mother in a way and led by example in the way I'm supposed to treat uh women in general. So and then, you know, having a wife and a daughter, I look at them and I'm like, you know, yeah, I wanna raise my Daughter, to be able to protect herself, but the most important thing I have to do right now is raise my son and right. how to treat women. And I'm so uh, proud of him. <laughs> he's spoken up, even in you know little <laughs> elementary school jokes. He's like, "No, that's not funny." So
0: right, yeah, that's important though because like kids are watching. You know, like we may not think that they're watching and they're listening, but they mm-hmm. are. And you know, it's just super important that we're being intentional with what we do around. Our kids, other people's kids, just children in general. It's super important that we're uh, intentional with everything we do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into the fun stuff. You know, obviously those conversations are important, but uh, (laughs) you and I, so we met Morgan State University, the great HBCU. Uh, You was there at the transition period. So you saw both sides, the the communications and the School of Global Journalism. So uh, for a few of us who had graduated in 2013, we was, to be honest with you, a little envious. We was like, man, they're getting all (laughs) the good stuff. Can you talk about what it was like to be there during that transition?
0: So the transition for me, because my sister went to Morgan. She was an English major, though. Um, but, and that's what I thought I was going to start as because I just liked writing. So when I got to Morgan and I realized like, you know, no, I kind of want to write, but I want to gear it towards, um, storytelling and sports and news that umbrella. So when I got there, um, it was just something that I've never seen before, just because of the fact that I came from a predominantly white. Um high school, so when I came to Morgan and I saw all these black people all these intelligent, beautiful black people, and they all were they wanted to be journalists, they wanted to be producers. I had all my professors were black um it was just something it was a culture shock to me, and I say this all the time when people ask me it was a culture shock, but in a good way because it was something that I've never seen before, especially because I am from Connecticut and You know, Connecticut doesn't have that. They have, you know, every state has, you know, their cities and things like that. But as far as, you know, seeing a bunch of successful, um, intelligent Black people, it was just something new to me. And I loved it the day I stepped on campus.
2: You know, so that's that's something we also have in common. Uh, For me, though, I uh, had that about four years or, well several years of being a non-traditional student because I went to you know predominantly white school from kindergarten Mm. to eighth grade and in high school was like whoa (laughs) you know (laughs) Uh, so it was definitely a lot to learn um but would you say was there was were you gung-ho on going to Morgan State or any HBCU or were you considering a PWI? No so I was considering a PWI
0: but it was it was one in Connecticut which was and it was close to home, that was kind of my safety school. Like I knew I would be able to get into it just because I like had connections there. Uh, So I just applied there, just, you know, just safety, you know, in case some things don't work out. Um, But Morgan was my number one choice, first choice. Um, I did apply to other HBCUs. I can't even remember. Um, I think I applied to like Clark. I think I applied to, I think that's it as far as HBCU because Morgan was my number one. Like if I did not get into Morgan, I was just going to stay home. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's how, because my sister went there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would come up, you know, for homecoming and, you know, to move her in, move her out. So I, at first, my first, her first two years, I didn't really like it because I was like, what the heck is this? Coming from Connecticut in like a small city in Connecticut, and then I see Baltimore, I was like, uh-uh, what, what's this? But then um, her last two years, I was like, this is amazing. I love this school. I'm going to this school. I don't care what I have to do. So Morgan, by the time I was a junior in high school, I was like, Morgan is the end-all be-all for me.
2: Now, how <laughs> many years are all apart?
0: And we're apart. She graduated in 08. Okay. And I, so we're seven years apart. So she graduated in 08, and I started Morgan in 2011.
2: Got you. Okay, so now, so when you went there, what was the highlight, you know? um, Like I said, we met, what was it, 20, actually, it was the spring of 2013. 2012?
0: 2013,
2: okay. Yeah, it was the spring of 2013, the beginning of the semester. The um, high school basketball season was ending, Mm -hmm. and I was on the grind of, I was just trying to do as much internships or content around the school I could and they told me you know check out the spokesman they need some video content and I remember you were writing and they paired us up they told us you know go cover it was Emerson I remember that yes somebody. yes yes yes
0: Emerson because I remember I think they they, they were green
2: no Emerson like was red they, but they would definitely playing, somebody, a yeah, they were and, playing a
0: green team mm-hmm, they
2: were playing a green team they were playing
0: some guy in, who's really good
2: yep yep Cause he dunked.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where he is now, but he went to a good school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I but I remember that I do remember. Yep, yep, yep.
2: I gotta see. I might have. I got to you know go through my. I MC think I still training. have my
0: article. Oh,
2: okay. Uh, <laughs> I gotta. Yeah, I
0: gotta find it.
2: So, cause my brother was at the game. He coaches. He was coaching at Edmondson at the time. I think he was coaching football or track. And he was like, he was going to support one of his. No, he was teaching auto mechanics. So he was there. to I was like, you know, I think I saw him or he saw me. He's like, yo, you at the game. So, you know, we talked. But that's when, you know, um, I got to ask you this because, uh, you know, obviously that day I found out you were a huge Carmelo fan. Let's so go. <laughs> was did that play a factor in your decision? I mean, we know Melo's born in New York, but we also know we we definitely rep Carmelo here to me the greatest basketball player ever raised in Baltimore. And I know some Let's, people going you know. mention other names, but
0: ain't no other names. <laughs> That's it. We said what we said.
2: <laughs> um. you, they'll tell us to turn on that Dunbar documentary, but uh, Melo was well, a, no. a megastar.
0: Yes, I, I I agree. I don't I don't even care. I don't even care about the numbers. Whatever he is, um, did that you said did that have anything to do with me wanting to come to Baltimore?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, not really. It was definitely a plus because I was just like, oh, it's lit. Like I'm about to meet Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> like that was that was what came through my mind when I was like, because I would drive and I would see his um his youth center,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was like, and I every time I would I would like look. As I'm like driving by, like, okay, let me see if I see anything, see anybody in there that look like they're a little, you know, too tall to be there because that might be mellow. Um, but I was super excited. It, I don't want to say it played a part, but it definitely, while I was there, mm-hmm. I took every chance to, um, like actually for the spokesman, I that's how I met him and i got a picture with him and everything because i was there um reporting for reporting and writing for the spokesman um so yeah i don't don't think it played a part but it definitely it was a plus to me coming to baltimore
2: yeah so uh it's so cool because so for me i was in ninth grade and he was in 11th now we was totally Mm. different schools but you always um you know, when you're in high school, you kind of hear the talk of the town more. And there was a guy, my buddy James, who played basketball for the uh, my team, my school, and he was talking about uh, Carmelo. And I was like, "Who?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Yeah, man, there's this guy Carmelo. He go to Towson Catholic. He's the best in the city. He's mm-hmm. that dude going to the league. And then I remember mm-hmm. my boy Andre, who went to. Uh, so Carmelo went to school formerly known as Towson Catholic. Andre went to the mm-hmm. school formerly known as Cardinal Gibbons, both mm-hmm. of them Catholic schools. And he was telling me about Melo. So as you know, he would go to prep school. And then next thing you know, I turned on the TV one day, and it was like Carmelo Anthony from Baltimore, Maryland, at Syracuse. Immediately, I'm a Syracuse fan. I'm rooting for them. And my 11th grade year, they would go ahead and win the championship.
0: So, you know, it was
2: pretty cool. I, I can my cl- I can say, hey, I went to high school with Melo in the same city. High school at the Yeah, same you time. can say that's
0: that. City. That's a that's a flex.
2: I mm-hmm.
0: need to put that in your bio. <laughs> <laughs> that's a flex.
2: Oh man. So uh um, you know, while you was at Morgan, um, did you join NABJ while you was there?
0: Yes, I, I don't even remember. Morgan is such a not a blur, but I like I don't everything just seems like it, ha- it happened in like two years.
2: You did a um, lot since you know you. you get, no get no that's
0: not that's not why I just feel like it was just so much going on. Um, but I did join NABJ. I don't remember what year. I think it might have been like my sophomore year because my okay. freshman year I was just trying to you know fill everything out. But I did join uh, the Morgan chapter, um, my sophomore year. And I think I did some, some work on the e-board, but okay. I really don't remember. That's, I'm, that's the old in me. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think, um, I think you probably joined around the same time I joined. Cause I honestly didn't yeah. join until my last semester. And mm. that's when I found out, I found out because I went to the um, short course and then that's all right. I got to join this organization. Now, yeah. did you go to the convention while you were in college?
0: It did not. And the crazy thing is that every, um, because after I graduated, I um like every year I was either out of town or mm-hmm. doing something. And this year was going to be my, as an adult, going to NABJ. Like oh, it was going to be my, it, it was in DC. Yep. And I, I don't want to talk about it it was like I was looking forward to that like I can't because I can't tell you how many people I've met like not face to face but I've met just through that network and just like on Twitter and things like that so I was like ready I was gonna go there by myself but you know I'm I was gonna know like a bunch of people especially people I work with you just all different networks I have so uh, moment of silence for that
2: man um hey trust uh, me we're all feeling it as you know we're recording the thursday uh, in which we should be there and uh shout out to uh our good friend ashley baker she put in our ashley! group
1: chat
2: <laughs> yeah she put in our group chat early this morning y'all we supposed to be just wrapping up the espn br- breakfast and i was like yeah, just go ahead and remind us, you know. And, yeah, I'm and, so upset. Well, i put it like this. I'll say this. So, my first year, I kind of went cold turkey in a sense. We, <clears throat> excuse me, Mr. Wickham, shout out to Dwayne Wickham.
0: Shout out to him for real. He's yeah. did some sure.
2: and, pff, Tell me about it. I, and, uh, He's in a legend. <laughs> so, in wrestling, there's a guy named Paul Heyman, and people, uh, the guy CM Punk said, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. So, mm-hmm. I've always said, I'm a Dwayne Wickham guy. And, you know, <laughs> Some case, some circles that's popular, some circles is not, but hey, it is what it is. Um, no facts. But our first year, he paid for most of us to go. And mm-hmm. you had about 20 Morgan students because they was introducing the School of Global Journalism.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, for me, the experience was great. However, it was it helped having that many Morgan students go, but I didn't know as many people. So the next year, the next time I would go, to the full conference because i did go to dc the party in 2016 mm. but in 2017 i actually went to the full conference in new orleans i knew so many people because like you said through social media so right. the best part is when you go next year we're gonna speak of existence when you go to houston no
0: next year i don't care if i gotta host it <laughs> uh, we,
2: are oh, going, okay.
0: we are going next year let me tell let's you let's do it i'm ready we <laughs> have to we have corona is not gonna it's not, she will not succeed.
2: Yeah, there you go. That's what I like to hear. And, uh, <laughs> so we would be able to go, um, you know, you'll, you'll have so many people, like you said, that you'll be able to meet face to face and it won't be just coming in cold turkey. Um, right. So that's the, good that's gonna be the best part. Um, but, you know, moving on, you graduated and then you went back home to Connecticut. Um, yes. Was that always the goal or like, did you want to stay in the DMV? How did that come about?
0: So I did want to stay in the DMV just because everything is there. Uh Um, Just, you know, my friends who turned family, um, they were in DMV, the opportunities for me, I thought were in DMV because they have so many sports teams. They have so many news outlets compared to Connecticut. Um, So once I graduated, I stayed um for the summer just trying to find work and then it came to a point where it was like, I have to move now because you know the lease is up. Um I have to find a job. So I'm like, okay, let me go back home, let me gather my thoughts. And I hit up one of my um one of my friends in high school. She worked at a local like sports station here. And she was like, hey, like I, they have an internship. Like if you're interested, um, they don't, it's not regular pay. It's like a stipend at the end of it. But I think it will be like a great um, experience for you. So I'm like, great. Like I can do that. Go back to Connecticut. I'll live at home so that I don't need to worry about paying for rent. Um, Definitely going to be a, a like different because I haven't lived at home for, what, four years. So I'm like, it's fine though. You got to think about the journey. So I go back got the internship, also had like a, you know, just a regular job on the side. Um, and then once that internship ended, I moved back to, I moved back to the DMV area. So I was probably in Connecticut for about a year and a half and then moved back um, to the DMV area because I just couldn't stay away. <laughs>
2: now, I what just did can't. Do, and when you came back, what, uh, what did you do?
0: Um, so I was still doing things. So my st- story and journey is kind of different because I was still working you know that job that I had to have because mm-hmm. you know I had to pay rent and I wanted to be in the DMV so I told myself hey if I move back to Maryland I have to have a good enough job with good enough hours so that I can work on my own thing so I can work on my content so I can you know um, better myself as a journalist if I'm going to come back to Maryland so I did that I got I worked at like a truck company um, but I was like doing like secretary work but I was still you know writing I was still um, I started um, down to the wire with one of my friends Courtney who actually now works at ESPN as well Uh, so that's what I was doing because I still wanted to I didn't want to find a I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do I just knew I wanted it to be in sports but I didn't know whether that was do I want to write did I want to report did I want to anchor because there's so many things you can do there's so many things so that's what I ended up doing when I came back to Maryland I worked and then I you know just started putting out content like hey I want to start a show hey I want to write and then you know from there I you know applied to ESPN and that's where I am now
2: so you get the excuse me you get the call it's March (laughs) 2019 mm. get the call you're going home <laughs> did you have a big celebration you know it's um for you know it's a, it's a you wanted to be in the DMV but it's ESPN right. and it's home right. so right. was it like a, I, I don't want to say a rock in a hard place because obviously you know you're in your field doing what you mm-hmm. worked so hard for and right. you get to go back home like what was the uh excitement like with you and your family
0: so it was super. I was excited because I was at a place that from maybe like November of 2018 until I got that phone call, maybe the summer of 2018, I started, I was super discouraged. I was like, I still don't have a job that I want. I'm working this job. It, I just feel like, you know, my resume is not building the way I wanted to build. I'm not in the place that I thought I would be when I was, you know, 19 I told myself I was you know how we do that to ourselves we give ourselves these fake deadlines and then when we don't reach them at you know the time that we thought we get discouraged and we start questioning our purpose and questioning you know our scale. so that's where I was before I got the job at ESPN so once I um something clicked to me like that summer the, of tw- the summer before I was just like you know, like if you want something, you have to go get it. So I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna hit up my mentor who used to work at ESP because I used to be the type of person where I don't like, I like to do things myself and mm-hmm. I don't really like being a bother or I don't like, you know, have, I don't like feeling like I'm using people. That's how I like used to be now, completely different, but I that's where I was. And I was just like, I don't want to hit her up because. You know, I don't want her to think that I'm just using her. But in my head, I was just like, no, like hit her up, see what she can do if she has any connections there, because I knew she did. So I hit her up and I was like, hey, I really am discouraged right now. Um, can we just meet up for lunch? Cause I just really need to talk to you. So we met up, I talked to her and she was just like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to go back home and I want to work at ESPN. And she was just like, All right, let me give you somebody's email, and I was like, "So this is what I could have did this two years ago." Like I was just like, "All it takes is me to just ask." Like you know, like closed mouths don't get fed. Like that is my thing. Like closed mouths do not get fed. Like after that, I was just like, "Yeah, anything." I like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? She's gonna say no to a job I already don't have. Like there's nothing bad that can happen from that. Um, so that's how I looked at it, and then you know, she got me in um, connected with someone from HR there. And then, you know, of course I had to do the interview and, you know, get through all of that. But I just had to ask, I have to open my mouth. If I want something, I have to, you have to say it, you have to, you know, believe it. So that's what I had to learn. Um, coming out of coming out of college. Like if you don't say anything, you are going to always be without.
2: (laughs) I, I love what you said when you said what you're gonna say no to a job that I already don't have. I think um I think you should put that on a quote somewhere <laughs> uh for young students because we do see people and I've done it, you've done it, a lot of other people listening have done it where you like. Nah, I don't want to bother somebody, or right. this, that, and other. but it's like you already don't have it, so what's the worst that can happen? You know, right. so that I always say, What's the worst that can happen? But I said, What they're gonna say, no to a job that I don't have is better, so yeah, definitely, uh, bookmark that, that's <laughs> yours. <laughs> and so, if anybody want to take it, nope, Chanel said it right here, or I know, it glass I'm like,
0: gonna go watch, them. go listen to the podcast, I'm take you to court
2: exactly so now you get the ESP. do you remember your interview process all right um do you did you so did you we had to get flown out there you were still living here right so
0: yes, I got flewed out okay <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I sure did um it was like a it was I finessed it though because like I live like I had family my mom and dad are here so mm-hmm. I didn't really need. you know what I'm saying but mm-hmm. I didn't you know, why not go go to a hotel right near where my interview is. Um, so yeah, the interview process was super nerve wrecking. Like <laughs> because for me it's i this is my first job, like this is like my dream job yep. at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like it's ESPN. Like as a child, if you would have told me I was going to be at ESPN at twenty-seven. I would be like, shut up, like, oh my God, like, you know what I'm saying? So it was like a dream come true, but I had to kind of snap out of that, you know, once the interview process came, because, you know, I had to act like, like, I belong to be there. I belong there. Like, I couldn't act like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh my God. Okay. I can't believe I'm here. Like, no, I'm supposed to be here. So I'm not surprised. So that's the attitude I had to come in with it, which was kind of hard for me, Mm -hmm. but the interview was intense it it was a group of people uh-huh. uh it was like a group interview and then they um you
2: did the car wash and
0: then we did yes then we did the we did the individual and then we did um the tour yep. so when we did the tour in my head i'm like okay is this am i in like what's what's going on but I, it didn't it wasn't that um because some of the people who got the tour with me they didn't end up getting the job but as far as the interview a group interview is always like to me I hate group interviews because you always have those people that are going to you know go above and beyond to make (laughs) sure that they're heard what you're supposed to do it's a group interview I get it but it kind of makes it like I don't want to make it seem like it is a competition but at the same time like I don't want to have to do too much Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to be somebody that I'm not just because, you know, we're in a group. You know, I'm going to say what I have to say, and if you feel it, you feel it, and if you don't, you don't.
2: So Did you have anybody the- uh, prep you beforehand?
0: Yes. So, my friend Courtney, the one who I did down to the wire with, she got the job before. That's how I heard about, um, like, the program they had going on, mm-hmm. and she got the job, and then she told me I should apply, and um, she was like just giving me questions and thing and then because at first it was like a zoom it was a zoom interview just like you and one person and that was nerve-wracking to me too because it was just like okay like hi like you know this is kind of weird like we're on zoom and you know you're gonna ask me these questions i don't really know you but you know it was just different for me because i've never done an interview like that but she did prep me with the questions and she was like, hey, this is what they're probably going to ask. Uh, this is what they asked me. Uh, make sure you know your sports knowledge and things like that. And of course, you know, you go on Google and, you know, Glassdoor will let you know, you know, what type of questions they're going to ask. So the hardest part was the, like the actually getting there and like snapping out of that dream
2: phase. Yeah, so for me, uh, you probably would have hated me because (laughs) I was one of those. Oh, you're you're that group interview. Oh my God, (laughs) Ryan! Well, not too much. So, all right, for me, there was uh, Alexandra Bolin. Uh, Her last name is Galipsko now. I I I haven't talked to her to ask her how to pronounce her last name, but (laughs) so she graduated from Morgan in 2011, Mm -hmm. and. She was there, and I remember when I went to NABJ, get the interview, Uh, you know, I landed the interview, I let her know, I said, hey, because she had a rule on Facebook, she say, I'm in town, no, I can't get you a job, don't ask me about my job. So, I remember I sent her a message, it was like, hey, you still on vacation? She goes, yeah, but what's up? I said, well, I went to NABJ, had the interview, the she she's oh, okay, cool, well, you talked to some great people, and so forth. So when i got the interview she said look let's meet up we'll go out to dinner and we'll talk and she prepared me for it um and then our professor shout out to jerry benbury he told me brother it's a competition they'll tell you it's not a competition, but a competition. They
0: will, that, and that's what they did they told us like this is not a competition and right when i heard that i was like oh here we go
2: yep so what i did was um i went there and i didn't i I made sure i knew i was at an advantage so i was 27 also and i had because i had went to community college took three years off worked at best buy put myself through morgan while working at best buy quit worked at a couple warehouse jobs or whatever while in between uh graduating and going to NABJ. I worked like some temp jobs. I knew I had job experience. So I knew I would use that to my advantage. Not speaking so much while I'd be annoying, but if there was a question, I was going to make sure my hand was up. Right. You know, it worked out. I... Allison, that was, she was like the one person I interviewed with during the car wash. And when she found out about the wrestling realm, she was actually like, oh man, this is great. And ironically, (laughs) she was the first person that uh, on the first team I had. So, Mm. you know, I always encourage people to speak up during the group. It's hard. Like you said, you don't want to be that guy. But when you look at it or girl, but you look at it like, look, it's it's money. Right. Right. You know, so do because I, oh, go ahead. Because
0: I, I do, you know, I do agree with the, you know, speak up. You should, if that's your, if that's what you're good at, like, you should definitely do that. Even if it's not what you're good at, you know, go go out of your comfort zone. But Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person, when I say like, I meant people like the group who like try to do the, like, speak over you and like the obnoxious people, the obnoxious people. That's what I meant. (laughs) Because, like, for me, I was just like, um, I was the same with you. Like, I was just like, you know, I've had these jobs. I've had these internships and I'm like, you know, this is your, I, you, you need to get out of your comfort zone today, right now, because you have prayed for an interview here. So whatever you need to do, don't like what we used to say in basketball, like don't leave nothing on the court. So mm-hmm. Don't leave this job interview. Like, dang, I should have said this Dang, I should have told them that, like, you know what I'm saying? So that's the mindset I went into it.
2: Um, with. Exactly. You know, so one of the things, um, what was your first assignment when you was at uh, ESPN?
0: My first assignment was sports center at night. So it was like the 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. shift. Oh,
2: okay. That's not bad. I thought you meant like the graveyard shift.
0: Uh, like 4 a.m.? <laughs> like
2: no,
0: yeah, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> so you was doing uh, VOs?
0: So, what I was doing, um, they have different things you can do. Like, you have different assignments each night. Mm-hmm. So, I was doing highlights. So, you know, being assigned to a game and then cutting the highlight for it. Or I was cutting um, like cutting highlights or smaller clips for um, .com. So, for the app um, or for the website. So, digital. So, I was doing those two. Things heavily my first like six months, and then I um went into college sports.
2: all right, real quick, we still go to sports center. You go to highlights um, what was do you remember your first game or your first game that aired?
0: Yes, I believe it was I think it was a raised baseball game because they got me in baseball. Because mm-hmm. I came in March, so by uh, the time I, you know, by the time I finished my training, it's mm-hmm. it playoffs and stuff. See, I'm not gonna be on playoffs, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yep. I'm I'm new, so they like up oh, baseball. Here you go, and baseball is one of the sports I didn't come in loving, but mm-hmm. now I like you know now I can watch it without you know falling asleep. I might you know catch a few Z's still during it, but now I watch it knowing, um, just different players and understanding the game a lot more so i think my first highlight i cut that air because you can cut a highlight but mm-hmm. ones that air is the one that's most important because um, that's just it just feels different when you see and you hear the anchor reading off your highlight um and it was the raise it was a raise um game
2: so funny story <laughs> i um so my first highlight was Lakers Blazers, because I started at the end.
0: Look at that. That's good. (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) Sort of, because this is Kobe's hurt, but he makes a quote, and he says something along the line of, you know, everybody better get ready, because when I come back, it's vengeance. So have fun this year. But he doesn't show up to the game, so I can't use the quote. And I was like, God dog it. And um, Ben uh, Regal was my HP. Mm -hmm. So. It was cool, you know, and it aired. And I was like, oh, wow. So my first highlight aired. And I think like my first two aired. But then, you know, we get into baseball season and mm-hmm. I came in a huge baseball fair. Mm-hmm. I like, I wanted to work on baseball tonight.
0: Oh, that's great.
2: But if I'd have stayed in highlights, I don't think I would have liked baseball no more. No. The no extra way. inning games. What? No. <laughs> Did you way. have any I, of those?
0: Let me tell you. Okay. Two stories. First one, I had a digital game, um, not a digital, but I was cutting it for digital. So it's not the highlight that's gonna air on TV, but it's gonna be the, you know, clips that air on the app. Mm -hmm. So I'm cutting it. First of all, it was was a Rockies game in Colorado. Great. Number two, (laughs) it was a rain delay. Game was supposed to start at seven, right? But to us seven is seven is getting kind of late, but in Colorado, that's not that late
2: mm-hm, so, so' ten o'clock right
0: so yeah, so the first hour goes because so the first hour goes, and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe we're gonna i'm I'm praying that they just postpone it at this point, but it's the end of the season, so they oh, really can't yeah. because they are you know, they already have other makeup games, so I'm like, okay, so now it's like nine it's ten o'clock, but there it's what seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: it's ten o'clock. So I'm like, and it's still like, okay, they're trying to see what's going on. So I'm just sitting at the like, the computer, like, like what's what? I I just need something. So then like ten thirty hit, and they're like, all right, they're gonna play, and I'm just like, and then the game went extra innings. Ooh. So I left there like, three. Hmm. So that was a fun one. Um, Did you have the backlog? No, no, no. Because I was, I was doing it digit I was doing it for digital, oh. so it wasn't as, um, it wasn't as like crazy. Gotcha. The highlight. Um, and they needed me to do it because no one was doing the highlight. Uh. So they needed something. They were like, "Oh, Chanel's already cutting it. We'll just take what she has if we need to show it." Mm-hmm. So that's why I had to stay. So over it. Um, another game that I have for highlights I will never forget this moment I had a game that wasn't really it was a good game I forgot what team it was it was a good it was supposed to be a solid game but the game kind of turned up like in the sixth inning Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden my game that's supposed to be at the bottom of the hour is at the top of the hour now because the game is so good so now I'm like you know so I'm just minding my business and now my HP me like you know they're leading off the show with your highlight and I was like wait what what wait what what's going on okay what are we doing what do we have to do like what what you need me to do let's let's get this going so we ended up it ended up going extra innings but they still had to run the highlight um that I had like Mm -hmm. an in-progress highlight and no lie the minute I put the highlight in the folder like two seconds later it ran like that's how close it came and I was so, I wanted to cry just because I was just so like, you know, just cause it's just so much going on. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, you gotta write the shot sheet and you know, you know, Ryan, like you have to do so much. There's so much stuff that goes with doing a highlight. It's not just cutting a highlight. You have to do a lot. You gotta make sure that cut sheet is right. It's a lot that goes into doing a highlight. So I was just so overwhelmed. But of course, you know, this is my first kind of big highlight, big game. So I'm like, you know, get it together. Like in my head, I'm like, get it together, you know, just relax. Don't, you know, don't um don't get crazy. So
2: that takes me back to um my Dodgers and twins game. And (laughs) it had to run on Sports Center and baseball tonight at the same time because of my God and it was painful and like you said the shot sheet and the cut sheet <laughs> yes.
0: you got to make sure you put it in the right server there's mm-hmm. so much that you have to like i feel like now after being in highlights
2: mm-hmm. um
0: i can and now and plus having that raps experience like you know we'll talk about it mm-hmm. but i feel like i can literally do anything at the at espn just because of that fast paced environment like yep. It's just, it's real, but it's it, so, I don't know, I get a rush. Like after I'm done and after I saw it run and everything was fine, you know, there was no problems with the shot sheet. There's a, it's a rush. Like it feels like I did that. Like I did that. I got it done and, you know, it was a good highlight. So it's, you know, it's stressful during the process, but once it's done, you feel so good. You feel so good that, you know, nobody really knows what you have to go through to get that highlight in in time.
2: Yeah. um, Now, I got to ask you this. Do you, because you being somebody who's active on social media, have you ever went on social media after you produced a highlight and seen a comment about it? No. So
0: I did for um, something I did for digital because I did something for, um, I think it was, I had like a Luca like a Luca, I put like a Luca, like montage together mm-hmm. for, um, for .com and no one said anything about like cutting it, but they were just like, so whoever cut this didn't see that travel. And I was like, shut up,
1: <laughs> like, you know, it
0: was just like something like that. Like, I was just like, oh my God, whatever, but They were like, oh my God, whoever cut this, they must love Luca. I'm like, shut up. Like they told me to cut Luca. Like I'm like screaming at myself, like, oh, mm-hmm. people are so stupid.
2: Did you, Have you uh, ever had that? Uh, one time, whatever. it was um 2014, it was the Kings and the Warriors. Now, this is Splash Brothers under Mark Jackson, mm. and for whatever reason, the Sports Center producer wanted to show Bad Kings, and I was like, you know, the Warriors was winning the game, and this mm-hmm. is, I was like, all right, let's, you know, but they was like, no, nah, they been missing crazy dunks, so let's just show Bad Kings. I was like, all right, whatever. I was just, it was the day before. I was honestly hoping I got a seven o'clock game because I was like, all right, I get seven o'clock game. I'm going back to Baltimore tonight. Cause what I used to do was my wife and I would leave at two in the morning. Um, mm. And then that way we get home about seven, go sleep, you know, but we wouldn't have to travel during the daytime. So of course I get a 10 o'clock game. I said, are you kidding me?
0: That's so, did you guys have the grid back then? Yeah. Yep. The grid is like, like, you want to know what team you on? Like, did you make JV or like... The- oh, no.
2: So, we didn't have it like that. Um, oh, my God. You did have people who were assigned, um, like, certain teams. So, like, shout out to, like, uh, Cornell. He all had all the Heat games. This is during, you know, LeBron era. That time, Chica Okafor had all the Pacers games because this is Paul George and Lance Stevenson and, uh, mm. you know, that Pacers team. Um Christina Clancy had all the Thunder games. Christina
0: there. Clancy, she's there. She's an HP now.
2: I know. I saw that. You know, so she was a, um, you know, a CA when I was uh, PA. She mm-hmm. was always helpful for you know to me. Yeah, she's definitely she's she's super helpful. Yeah. So like you saw all those, you know, they had, you know, you had some people who were on. I guess it was called the unit. But then you know, for the rest of us, mm-hmm. they just threw us wherever, wherever. So I was like, man. So I ended up putting the highlight together. And so I'm riding home and I'm looking on my phone and say, ESPN is stupid. The Kings uh, the Warriors won the game, but all they did was show Kings highlights.
0: <laughs> sorry, so that, that's what my producer wanted. <laughs> sorry. I am sorry.
2: So Jesus. You, it, 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 it's one of those things, right? So they don't you don't understand. Right. No, exactly. So you went to um so you went to raps right after sports center or did you do anything else in between?
0: Yeah, so I went straight to raps. Um after sports center don't know i didn't even i didn't even know what raps was okay but my manager was just like my manager at the time um she was just like yeah we're going to put you in raps and i was just like okay like great whatever that is got to it my first day not my first day my first college football saturday oh, that's the initiation
2: i've got, that I've got... is <laughs>
0: the initiation got there um i because because I shat, I shadowed for, like, maybe a week. Um, and then I shadowed a Saturday before my first shat Saturday. But, uh-huh. you know, it wasn't, like, anything. It seemed fine. First Saturday by myself, different. Absolutely different. Like, we, I love it. I love it so much. I love my team. Um, it's just, we are just working. And I had the 10 to, like, I had the 10 to 12 shift okay Um, so i was there first game and i did not leave until the last game Um, yeah and it was it was a grind but they take care of us in wraps as far as you know because we can't go out and eat they bring Mm -hmm. the food to us they you know they give us food they cater food every saturday for us um you know my manager has a christmas party for us at the end um, not at the end, like at the end of not, it's not a Christmas party, but he has a raps party for us once everything is over. Um, but it's a super fast environment. I had to get used to people screaming at me. Okay. Like I had to, cause I'm the type of person, I was a child that like, I didn't like when my parents, like, I didn't like when my parents yelled at me. Like mm-hmm. I felt, I actually felt bad when people yelled at me. So I had to get used to being yelled at. You know, even if it was something that was out of my control, like, it's just like, now they yell at me, I'm just like, all right, whatever, I gotta take it. Like, it is what it is. And something that I learned working at ESPN, whether it's highlights or raps, whatever it is, that, you know, tomorrow, no one's going to remember anything. And that's good and bad, because you can have a great highlight and do an amazing job. But once that new day comes, it's time for another highlight. So nobody's going to remember that great highlight you did yesterday night. Vice versa, when you do a bad highlight, you have a bad day, you didn't get your highlight in, in time, you cut something wrong. That next day, you gotta just brush that off, and it's time for the next assignment. And so that's something that I love about the job is because like that the day before doesn't follow you to the next day. It's over. It's you start with a clean slate every every night or every morning yeah dang,
2: man do you um have any like particular moments that stand out during your time in the, that position
0: uh like raps
2: yeah just doing raps like anything that like like one of your favorite moments um or like perhaps a favorite game you uh, did
0: i don't even raps is just so because we don't have just one game oh like yeah where, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of tough. I think I enjoy raps because I'm, I'm an execute. Like, I, I like to execute. Like, that's the type of person I am. I'm not, like, really, I don't like when people are over my shoulder. Like, the whole highlights thing wasn't for me because I felt like it wasn't, I, I wasn't on my own. Like, I'm the type of person I need to be on my own. You tell me what you need me to do, and I'll make sure you get it. And I need you to trust me to just give you what you ask for you know, I, I'm not a type of person who likes to, hey, can you look at this real quick? Hey, can you look at this? How, what's this look like? Can we look at this? Like, I'm not that type of person. I like to do my own thing. So for raps, I love it because there's so much work that I'm doing, but nobody will, will ever know. And, you know, our department, we, like, we push a lot of content during, you know, college football Saturdays that, like I don't, I, I think like if you make it in raps, you can make it anywhere. Like yeah. that's just me um, because it's just so much. Like you literally have seven people yelling at you. Um, So I think just my time at ESPN, as far as like just raps is just, I just feel like raps has made me grow as a person. Just whether it's the like what I'm doing, what I'm cutting, um, not taking anything, like not being too sensitive, not taking anything personal, um, communicating with people, being comfortable with, you know, telling people what to do and being comfortable with taking criticism. So all of that in one is what I'm learning in Raps. And so that's why I love rap so much.
2: Now, was you a big college football fan before going to Raps? Not at all. Okay. Do you Not think that all. helps because you don't get emotionally attached?
0: Um, No, because no, I do have a team now. Okay. I, I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm a Buckeyes fan. Okay. Um, you know, just because I like the loose swag to them, but <laughs> um, I I don't know. I think that I like I like college sports better than professional sports. Not not football though. NFL is like my favorite. football even... Like thing. <laughs> We're not gonna do that right now. Um, it's my favorite because they're so innocent. Like you know what I'm saying. Like college, mm-hmm. you get like the genuine, like you feel the intensity in college football to me because these, these like kids, they're playing for each other. They're not playing for a contract. You know what I mean? Like they're not playing because they're getting paid to play, which is a whole nother topic, but they're playing because they love the sport. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're watching NFL, when you're watching NBA, they're playing, you know, cause they, they got a contract, you know, um, coming up, they're playing because you know they're getting millions of dollars. they're playing because of all this, but I feel like college there's an innocent in college that
1: nothing to play like right
0: just now. makes the intensity huge, just makes the inten- like just makes the game a lot more intense,
2: yeah, that's true, and you know looking at it, um it's definitely you know I remember having a lot of my friends who was on raps, and you know I would be home on Saturday, and you know they coming in, like you said, late. And I'm like, yo, how you feel, man? I'm tired. It's been a long time. <laughs> did you get, tired. Least, so did you at least get like three days off or four days off?
0: No, so our busiest day was Saturday. During the week, we would, um, depending on what's going on. So during the week, it was prep. We would prep. Okay. So it's it's a very calm schedule during the week. We might throw in, you know a WNBA game um what else basically you know WNBA when um then once college basketball is there it's crazier um oh, but man. it's not as crazy because when college basketball starts it's the playoff of college football
1: yeah
0: so it's not as many games but like that whole like feast week and stuff is crazy but um i don't know i just feel like I lost what I was saying. Your, what was your question? You said...
2: Yeah, I was, did y'all at least get like, extra time off or something? Oh,
0: like, no, no, not really. But our weeks were very, you know, they just told us to prep. They That's didn't true. say, come in and prep, and we're going to check your work. It was like, you know, just come in and prep and make sure you're ready for Saturday. You, so you it was a lot more freedom. Yes, it was a lot more freedom during the week. And it made Saturday so much easier. And it's just like, you're with the same crew every Saturday. Yeah. So it wasn't anything, you know, it got crazy just because you never know what's going to happen during a broadcast during a game. But it just made it that much easier because we're working with the same people. You know, we know what we have to do. And we're watching college football. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the main thing. We are getting paid to watch college football. There's no way I can, like, there's no way I can complain. And we're getting fed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but that's the best part. You know, see, like, when I was in social media, my, um, my first big night, From like I was kind of playing on your podcast from the sidelines. Uh, I was there doing the national championship game, and I want to say it was Duke and Wisconsin. And they was like, we just want you to just sit back, watch, monitor social media, and they ordered wings and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. So then the (laughs) next go-round was, I want to say the next big thing was the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. And then we had the same treatment for the NBA draft and yep. the NBA finals. Every day of the finals, we got fed. Um, the All-Star game, I think we ate during the All-Star game, MLB All-Star game that night. I Listen, they're going to
0: feed you. They're yeah. going to feed you.
2: Uh, definitely. We had a lot of J. Timothys. I miss yes. those wings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they, oh, my God. People love – I think J. Tim is good. Okay. Except they're not the best wings in Connecticut.
2: Who has the best?
0: There's a place. In Windsor, Giovanni's has the best wings in Connecticut. i you, yes. Okay. I'm telling you. It depends. Well, I just they do like their hand, They have hand battered wings.
2: Oh, like, see, because yeah. you know I would I trust your judgment.
0: <laughs> you should, because Jason's uh, is more like they're like buffalo and
2: different mm-hmm.
0: flavors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good. They're good. They're good.
2: They're good. We also had um, Wings Over had Wings Over Bristol mm. a lot. Um, it did. There's some, but, there's
0: some good Bristol spots. Yeah. <laughs> People sleep on Bristol.
2: Absolutely. And just it was not some, their
0: apartments, just trash.
2: You ain't lying. It was another spot. I don't know what the name of it was, but it was looked like it was all. It was going towards Windsor, but it's like the exit before that. I want to say exit 51 or 31 or something like that. That my cousin used to take me to and it looked like an old shack <laughs> shack house but man those maybe ladies. wilson's
0: i don't know
2: I, I don't it know. might have been like it's like know. right off the highway you go over there it's like off to the side it, it's, it's look like you don't want to be out there too late
0: but, <laughs> i don't know maybe ranch house i
2: don't know that's what it is yep ranch, ranch
0: house, house? Oh, you are from Connecticut, Connecticut. Like you. (laughs) No, 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 no. We got to get you a button or something. No, No, you are from here. People don't just go to the, Brian, what you doing at the ranch house?
2: So when I moved there, my cousin lived there for, he had been up there about over 10 years. And so when I told him, hey, you know, just got a job at ESPN, first thing he said is, all right, cool you um i got an extra room you can stay with me for you know till you find your place so i mm-hmm. lived with him for three weeks until i moved to bristol and part of the reason well you know i wanted to be on my own too but yeah, part right. of the reason that I kind of sped the process because that was a 45 minute drive to work every day
0: yeah i'm about the to the say I, li- I live even past that i live like near the airport
2: oh wow <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so i was like you know i I'm, I'm i lived at um when i moved there i lived at um the place literally right down the street. Like you could walk down that little back road. I can't even think of the name of it. But yeah, oh,
0: I think I know what you're talking about. No, okay. Where
2: everybody lived. Because right, at one right. point me and um Christina lived in the same building.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, that was the thing. It, but yeah, ranch house, that was a spot.
0: <laughs> that is that is that's impressive. <laughs> people don't know people if you you don't know about the ranch house unless you are you are deep like deep rooted in Connecticut, in Hartford.
2: Mm-hmm. that
0: is like i'm impressed
2: <laughs> yeah so now uh, you know let's shift over you know obviously you know you're doing a thing at espn but you know you recently launched a podcast from the sidelines with Chanel yeah. when did you decide like to do that because you know i'm a fan of it i really love hearing um stories i know you've had like quite a few athletes that you know being in baltimore i never heard of but just hearing right. their stories have been great so when did you decide to do that
0: so I have a thing for, like, I love, I have, I love hearing the stories of athletes um specifically like high school athletes, or college athletes, because you don't really hear this story unless they make it to what we think is make it. So whether they make it to the league. um But there are a lot of stories out there to be told. And I know coming from, you know, Hartford, Connecticut, there are a lot of great athletes that don't get that exposure because, you know, Connecticut is a small state. Um, You only hear about the athletes that make it to, you know, the NFL or the NBA. So, you know, me being from Hartford, I'm like, it's my job to give them that exposure that I, I think that they deserve. So that's how I came up with it. I'm like, I want to, I want to talk to these athletes. I want people to be inspired. Whether they, I don't care if they don't even play a sport. If you are a um, music artist, like I want you to be inspired by this story. You know, the plot I just have the sports is just the platform, but I want to be able to reach people past sports. And so that's really why I started it.
2: Yeah, definitely. um You know, I've really enjoyed it, and you know, you've had you know a couple of your mentors on there as well. So you know. Um, this do uh, For you, Is it also allow you to kind of put your journalist hat back on as opposed to just producer?
0: Yeah. And that's that's really why I love doing it, because I kind of get to, you know, do everything with it. So I get to come up with the story. I get to produce it. I get to actually, you know, be the interviewer. I get to do all the things that I love because I do producing is cool. It's not really my, maybe it's not my top thing, but I enjoy doing it. I like to, you know, come up with the story. And then I also like to be able to be the person that delivers the story. So being able to have my own thing where I am in control of it is perfect for me.
2: Okay. Now, um, you know, one of the coolest things I thought was that you had your dad on, um, inaugural episode um how has he been you know throughout watching your sports journey process
0: he is my biggest fan and biggest critic i'm like he is it doesn't matter what i'm doing he has a critique for anything i can be interview i can interview lebron james on espn and it'd be a perfect interview and he'd be like yeah, Chanel, you know, you asked this question, and I really think that you could have, you know, he really, um, he watches what I do, and he has been watching sports, and he played sports in high school, so he knows what, you know, he, he knows his sports, and that's where I get, that's where I get most of my things from, I talk to him about it, I pick his brain, I pick his brain every day. It doesn't matter what we were when the Patrick Mahomes thing. Dad, what do you think about Patrick Mahomes' contract? You know what I'm saying? Like, because he knows what he's talking about. And I've I've heard him talk about things. And then months later, like, he caught the whole, he called the Le'Veon AB drama a year before it happened.
1: okay. Like,
0: he called it. He was just like, he's like, this isn't going to last. And that was before the Facebook, before Antonio Brown went on Facebook. How did he know? I I, I, Honestly, I don't, like, he was just watching the sideline. And then last year, he was just like, Two years ago he was like, James Conner's not it. Like he's not, he's too soft. And I'm like, what do you mean he's too soft? He's not soft. And then what happened the year after that? He keeps getting hurt. And he was like, I told you he's just soft. Like I can tell. Like he like he was like, I watch guys get hit and I mm-hmm. see what their facial expression and what their body language does. Cause like, he played football. So he knows what it looks like to take a hit. And he knows what it takes take he knows what it looks like when it like when somebody looks like they don't want to get hit. And he like uses that. And he just analyzes it. I was like, so, "You're
2: crazy." So he's he's a fan of Lamar, right? Actually,
0: he's not. Well, he's he thinks he's he's good. He said he's good. He just doesn't believe in the. Um, he thinks that they're gonna figure him out
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, sooner than later. And he he thinks that he doesn't like how they're using him in Baltimore. Like really? he doesn't like how. Yeah, he doesn't like how some of the plays that like some of the play calling it'll be unnecessary for him to run with the ball. Okay. Like sometimes Baltimore does that. You guys do that. Like, it'll be like, okay, it'll be like first in like 17 and you guys would like make him run. And it's like, I get he's a runner, but I feel like he's so good and he's so important to your team. I just wouldn't, he just wouldn't be like my first, like, that's the first thing we do. Like, it's like, it, if anything, if no one can get to the ball, that's why we have him because he can do that. But that's not my first option.
2: Now, how did he feel about Michael Vick?
0: He loved Michael Vick. He thought he was, you know, Michael Vick is Michael Vick and you know, he thought that he didn't get the respect because of, you know, we know why. Um mm-hmm. but he he likes Michael Vick. He loves he just he, he understands why, um, he wants quarterbacks that, like, when they're in college, he wants them to. He wants someone to hold them accountable, accountable, especially black quarterbacks. He like he wants people to hold them accountable of lear- reading defenses because mm-hmm. that's uh, like as far as a black quarterback, that's what they like to say about black quarterbacks, like they can't read defenses, and for sometimes that's correct. And so he just wants that whole thing to change. Like he wants, if you're a coach and you have a black quarterback, like you need to make sure this quarterback before he leaves your, um, before he leaves your club, he needs to be able to read defenses because you know that's the first thing that they're gonna look at because he's a black quarterback.
2: Yeah, and and reason why I ask because you know I, I look at the stats right, and we we talk about Lamar right, well. He broke... Do we
0: talk about Lamar? Lamar, you
2: talk about Lamar. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> that was a good one. But you, you you said that he felt like he run too much. That could right. you can make that argument. However, when Lamar did have over three thousand yards this year in passing, the same year he broke Michael Vick's record, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when Michael Vick had that record, he only had twenty four hundred passing yards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, well. You know, like, I I look at a lot of times and people, I feel like maybe because we, I don't want to say we've seen this before, because Michael Vick will go tell you that he feels Lamar Jackson is better than him. Right,
0: and I think he, I think he, I think he's on the right track to becoming better than him.
2: Yeah, but I think because it's sort of one of those things we've seen before, people are more critical of uh, Lamar Jackson. Where Michael Vick, everybody was just super blown away,
0: right? And I, th- and I agree with that. And mm-hmm. I think just because when I see Lamar Jackson, I you cannot tell me when Lamar Jackson gets hit
2: mm-hmm. when he's
0: running, you don't stop breathing first every time,
2: every, every as time. a fan, every time. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but my thing is, but
2: he don't get hit that much.
0: <laughs> no, he. No, I'm just. But I, I'm saying that I feel like it's a you guys know he can run, which is great. If he can run, use that. But I just feel like sometimes there are some plays where you're just like, you really did not have to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm you know, third and like third and inches. Absolutely. Fourth and absolutely. I get it. But like uh, second and like, he is not your running back. He can run and that's great. But you know, we, people are going to, people are going to learn how to defend him. So if you guys keep drawing up those plays where, all right, we're just going to get about him and he's just going to run. I, I, I just also, feel like he's going to oh, get sorry. hurt. No, I just feel like he's going to get hurt.
2: No, you're you you you're 100% right. But I will say, it's funny how we turn this to a sports show. I mean,
0: <laughs> you did, because you once <laughs> got such a <laughs> little dirty little
2: Oh, at least my quarterback isn't. Um, sitting up don't here deciding whether or not he wanna come back or not, you know. It's, you just know right? He you,
0: he decided he's gonna come back. You know what I'm saying? People, when you look, get when you most, get two rings, you don't wanna play no more. What's
2: there to play for? That's what I'm saying. Most of y'all don't like Big Ben no more. Y'all just have y'all don't want huh? You no, know, you you haven't admitted to yourself. Most of y'all don't like him no more. Y'all ready to move on? Y'all ready to see I, what else is out there? Absolutely. Look, look the, the the Giants that moved on, the the, the Chargers that moved on. That that class in two thousand four, you know, y'all had some good quarterbacks, and he's
0: right. He's
2: had more, I think, better Super Dr. Bowl wins. Huh? Talk to him. Talk yeah, I think he's him. had better Super Bowl wins than Eli, and had a better career than Eli. But I also think, you know, Big Ben, you know, it's, it's time. It's time. It's time to move on. You know, no, I, I,
0: I. think it is. I think it is time to move on. But until, and I'm just, I'm a, I'm a team girl. I like, respect you know like, it. 100%. Like 100. The That's Steelers is fun. my, right. The Steelers is my team. Like, how did that happen? My father.
2: Okay. <laughs> is he like is, from the area or did he no. grow up watching that defense? No. He
0: okay. he grew up watching um he grew up watching the Steelers. Don't know how.
2: Uh, I mean um, it makes sense. I mean, you, you, you think about it though. Like most people loved the Steelers during that time. If you, you know, it was either Cowboys right. or Steelers and you look at the guys like Lynn Swan and all of them. So I understand, but uh, he brainwashed. But You're, brainwashed and, but you're
0: it. from you're from New England, so you would think like
2: Well, it was trash then
0: that that's true, that's
2: true. <laughs> and, and, and and I uh you know I, could, I honestly though I could stomach a Steelers fan I can't stomach a Patriots fan me like, neither that's I, why I'm
0: so I'm in uh I, I just <laughs> I just gotta pray every night what God what is God leading me to do this season with the Patriots <laughs> am so I going for the black man right <laughs> or am I like that, you, it's hard it's
2: hard it, it really is and you know one of the things so I was Watching the Patriots and um, no, when I was at ESPN, the year the Ravens had kind of like you know, when we beat the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs,
0: you don't, you know, (laughs) why do you have to like I could have remembered it by something else, you know what I'm saying? you know the year because that was the
2: only year it happened, and it was like, oh, wait a minute, they actually have a chance, you know, because that was when we had Steve Smith, and the Patriots fans were so scared. That year, you know, about oh man, we don't want to see Baltimore and this, this, that, and the other. You and,
0: never want to see Baltimore. Nobody don't ever want to see no a- AFC North. Like, let's keep it real. Like, no, you
2: said it right. Nobody wants to see Baltimore. You right
0: now? Anybody <laughs> was scared of y'all a few years ago. Y'all got Lamar and don't know how to act now. We
2: don't. <laughs> we because we, we finally got Get rid of. of we got. We found, I mean, y'all would be the same way. Y'all didn't know how to act when you, you know y'all was calm, cool, and collected when y'all had Tommy Maddox. And we were, let Stewart. me tell you. Let
0: me The court, still don't put some respect on his <laughs> name. No, he was he was actually
2: my first favorite. He was my first favorite quarterback out after Troy Aikman and Steve Young. It was Cordell still. Because he was black. And he was right. in slash on Madden 97. He was the only quarterback you could drop back and run with.
0: <laughs> right. And I think that
2: And he played I for the know. Ravens.
0: <laughs> you always gotta squeeze. Like we not even talking about y'all. Jeez. Uh, I don't know what I'm I don't know what I, I am in. the The way my emotions are for football right now, mm-hmm. I just don't know. You know, we have this pandemic. We don't know if football's gonna do football is going to happen. Do I want football? Like, do I want football to ha- happen? And the Ravens just had this. Amazing perfect draft while the Patriots just got freaking Cam Newton. Like, do I and we have still have Patrick Mahomes to worry about in the conference. Like, Chanel, do you really want football to come back? Like, is that what you really want? And then if it does come back, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm of course I'm going for the Steelers, but like, I've got to root for everybody that's black, meaning yeah. I have to root for the Ravens, uh-huh. meaning I have to root for the freaking. Patriots, you don't have to because
2: Belichick's still there and, and, and Robert Kraft no, is a, a Cam Trump Newton,
0: supporter. you know, Cam Newton, <laughs> I, I got to ride with him. Like, Cam, I'm Newton, a root for him
2: to do well to get another contract somewhere else.
0: No, because even if he does well, how did y'all
2: pick the, him up? Because <laughs> we dumb, been in the movie. No, but, he?
0: no, if, he, he, you know, no comment. Um, <laughs> but I think that if Cam does well. Number wise, but the Patriots still don't do well, mm-hmm. it's still not good for Cam. That's we, true. We, as in, like, just this the world, the, let me say that because I don't they love to hate Cam, they love to hate the black quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's 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 inevitable. I was telling you, they can my have friend, a great they, people still hate Lamar Jackson,
2: they do. I was telling unless my brother unless you're a Steelers Glenn. fan,
0: you can't hate him.
2: Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking to my brother Glenn the other day. I said, um, the Broncos beat – and ironically, Peyton Manning is probably one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, uh, easily top five. Uh, but when he – and they beat the um, Panthers, that one hurt the most out of a team that wasn't mine because I wanted – that was, that was for the so culture. bad for the culture. <laughs> it was everything. You you had Snoop there telling Cam to do the dab, and
0: that was a great season of football until
2: mm-hmm.
0: so the end. But of yeah. course, you know the the story has to, Peyton has to leave with a like you know it just has to work out that way.
2: Yeah, it it, it did. You know, Ray Lewis did. Hurt. Right,
0: it has it, to work out. And, that and way.
2: Jerome Bettis, so I will give you that in his hometown, My even though. Even though that was, you know, they got proof that some of those plays was. Uh, oh,
0: here we go. We're bringing up old stuff. We're bringing up old stuff. <laughs> we're bringing up old stuff.
2: All right. But, you know, uh, I got to ask you this before we go. Um, the title of the show is called Breaking Through the Glass Ceiling. When did Chanel Stalin break through oh. the glass ceiling in her career?
0: Cool. Um, wow. That's a great question.
2: You should have known um, it was coming. You listened to the show before.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to act like I don't have my answer already. Let me <laughs> um, I honestly it's gonna be it's gonna sound so cliche but I honestly feel like during this pandemic.
1: hmm
0: like and I yes I've done things before but this pandemic has really opened my mind to so many different things and just like you know when I started at ESPN even before I started I looked at ESPN and a lot of people still do like as the bar you know what I'm saying like that is the end all be all but Mm -hmm. once you are there and you see your potential and you see what you can do and you see what you're capable of the bar just gets so much higher and then this pandemic We're left with just, I'm left here just sitting. I'm not really working. I'm working from home. And it's like, what am I going to do? Am I going to come out of this pandemic better? Or am I going to come out of this pandemic, the same Chanel from February? So I think this pandemic is really where I um, grew as far as a journalist, as far as a content creator, just because it's, it's it's a fair playing, it's an open and fair playing field right now because nobody's really watching TV that much because it's not, no sports are on. So how people in ESPN, Fox, how they are delivering their news is the same way I can do it. Like it's it's open. It's open for anyone to take it, to grab it and take it and run with it. And I think that that's why, you know, this pandemic has been, you know, it's been terrible because people have been dying. Um, but also, I've been able to look at the glass half full and to just be thankful for, you know, still having a good job, still being able to, you know, get paid and still being able to produce content on my own. So I really think it's this pandemic.
2: Amen. Amen. So Amen. let the people know where they can find you and get all your content.
0: Awesome. Okay. So I'm coming out cause I haven't, um, from the sidelines, I took a break from it. Um, So the new season is coming out by the end of July. Um, And that is found on Spotify, um, Apple, SoundCloud. Um, It's from the sidelines with Chanel Starling. You can follow my Instagram at Chanel Starling. You can follow me on Twitter at The Coco Chanel. And also I just started this new um, Black Women in Sports sister group called my sister's keeper and you can follow us on Instagram at underscore my sister's keeper and keeper is spelled k e e p h e r
2: all right well i'm definitely excited um you know like i said I appreciate you coming on uh, no thank
0: you for having i used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this bro <laughs>
2: That was good. You know, I'm definitely proud of you. You know, like I said, you know, just um, you know, we was in the, the grind together at Morgan State. The only thing that sucks is that we didn't get the uh be at the full letter together, but You know, I I was gone, but you know, definitely happy to see you thriving, killing it as always, and also killing it with your own content. So
0: yeah, um, and wait, when I say pray for time like this to rhyme like this, I mean like being on your uh, guest on your podcast. Really? (laughs) Yes, that's what I mean. I don't mean in life. Ill no, I mean on this podcast.
2: (laughs) Well, I told you when it started. I said, you know, don't worry, your call is coming. i told you that so you know i'm I'm definitely happy that you know you came on and happy that you appreciated being on
0: yeah and thank you for like everything you're doing for um just like black women black just black people and just everyone in the journalism field like you are like awesome you are never like you never hesitate to connect people with each other like you uh, you you need to get your flowers now, so I'm gonna give you your flowers. Thank you for everything that you do.
2: Thank you, I appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did producing it. Uh, it's always a pleasure and I'm just so proud to see everything that Chanel is doing. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast because next week I go from an ESPN current employee to somebody else who's an espn graduate somebody i work with essentially this guy left me there and that is my good brother the one and only quincy young so folks make sure you subscribe to the podcast make sure you give me a five star rating help me out help me climb the charts Get this out there to the college students the high school students who are trying to figure out what they want to do get it out there to them folks and make sure you do not